I'm, I'm fully anticipating getting naught out of five in this quiz. I'm anticipating a total collapse. I think you're going to do better than that. I think that you're going to surprise yourself. Gymnastics fans, welcome to a trivia paradise where each week two people try to demonstrate their all-around knowledge of your favourite sport, setting the bar high and chalking up another win. So if you're the kind of person that has a PhD in pommel horse and should be called Dr. Shivado, if you're the kind of person who doesn't just like a DTY, you like the when, where and how too, and if you're the kind of person who likes Gymnastics 101 but prefers Gymnastics 101, this is the place for you. Why? Because it's the great gymnastics quiz. Hello. Lovely to have you with us, dear listener. Thank you so much for getting this far to episode three of the great gymnastics quiz. Joining me today is Blythe Lawrence, learned and respected gymnastics scholar and my esteemed TV co-commentator for all major gymnastics competitions. In contrast, I'm Ollie Hogben, and I say startlingly obvious things about gymnastics, followed by the word indeed. (laughs) The score in the Great Gymnastics Quiz at the moment is Blythe 1, Ollie 0, Ties 1. So but I'm actually behind draws at the moment. Uh, Blythe, you're, you're leading the way. It's very nice to be in front, but it is still quite early days. And this topic is one that you can make your own. You, see, you say that, but I'm... I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous because of that exact reason. I'm nervous because there will be an expectation, probably for the first time, that I actually don't do awfully here. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a British sports fan, and it's the hope that kills you as a British sports fan. You know, Speaking as somebody who's followed the England football team for many, many years. Um, but you know what? It, it's at, at the moment, I'm, I'm in buoyant mood. Second place in the Eurovision Song Contest. You know that that this is all very positive. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe on this occasion. I'm gonna believe. I per, I didn't personally come second in the Eurovision Song Contest, just to be clear. But the United Kingdom did, and consequently, I'm gonna have faith because the topic today is gymnastics in Japan. Gymnastics in Japan. This may not be the only ever episode we do of gymnastics in Japan. There's a lot to cover, isn't there? There is. So if you're new to this podcast, the format is really simple. We each ask each other five questions, alternating, no half marks, no bonus marks. A particular rule which we call the Blythe Lawrence rule is no talking through <laughs> all of your answers aloud so that you can see how the other person reacts to your possible answers. Um, but Blythe, you're the, the historian here. Why have we chosen gymnastics in Japan? We've chosen Japan. Because talking about Japanese gymnastics is taking a walk through one of the great sports history museums. Japan has a long and storied history in gymnastics that dates back to the late 1940s. It has a men's program that was uh, a golden age team during the 1960s and the 1970s. And a women's program that has not been quite as noted, shall we say, but is a program that today is on the rise. And there are so many brilliant stories to be told. And this episode is particularly significant for you, Ollie, because Japan holds a very special place in your heart, doesn't it? 
It does, yeah. Um, it was where I grew up. Not literally in that, you know, I, I was raised as a child in the UK, but it's where I first lived as an adult. I left school um, at the age of 18 and, and decided to be a volunteer. So I went off to rural northern Japan for a year, had uh, had an incredible time there. And, and yeah, it's a second home for me. It really is. I, I've gone back to Japan so much since then. I, I still speak the language increasingly poorly. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's remained really in my heart. I think so much of... I lived in this tiny village in the north and so much of what I learned about community, about looking after people, about caring for people, um, it, it came from, from being in that, that beautiful place on the, the shores of Lake Toya in Hokkaido. That sounds like a wonderful experience. It was, yeah. It, it was an, an incredible experience. And so with that in mind... For the toss of the coin this week, we have a small Polaroid picture of some of my former students in the community English class for adults, which I taught on a Wednesday night. Um, it's a faded Polaroid from 2001. They gave it to me as a goodbye present. Um, your call, picture up, picture down. Picture up. It is Polaroid picture up. I had to take a moment there because I dropped it on the floor and couldn't <laughs> see it. So you've won the toss of the coin again. I think that I am going to let you ask me the first question. Oh, hang on a minute. That's a departure. Why? Well, I feel like changing it up today. <laughs> okay. Okay, bold. Very bold. bold. Okay, so here we go. Question number one from me is a two-part question. Who was right and who will never let you forget it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to ask this first. I know I've given away a point to you here, but I just need to get this story in early on, so over to you. You mean about Daiki Hashimoto? Possibly. But, I mean, that is not technically the answer to the question. I'm, I'm not going to give that as a wrong answer, but... <laughs> that is fair. So the question is, who was right... And who... Will never let you forget will it, never, which I okay. forgot. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you are right, and you will never let me forget it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yes. So the story here, do you want to tell it? Shall I tell it? It begins at the 2019 World Championships, so Stuttgart, three years ago. And at the close of playing Stuttgart, I declared with confidence that uh, Daiki Hashimoto was the future olympic champion and and you didn't you didn't disagree with me you didn't say oh no that's never going to happen but you just were very surprised by by my assertion you're you're not the kind of person who 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 doubts gymnasts you've got you know you 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 know from your experience that anything is possible but you were that one surprised you i was a little bit skeptical i have to say and and it was such a bold prediction from you you came right out and you were like he's going to be olympic champion one day and, I mean, yes, potentially. Why not? <laughs> but you were sure. Yeah. And this is now the part of the podcast where I give the really clear, cast-iron, sports-science-informed answer as to how I knew. There isn't one. <laughs> um, it came to you in a dream? <laughs> I, just, I just thought, he's going to do it. I just Something about the guy, I just thought, you know, and I don't, as you know, I don't go around pointing to everyone and going... You know, they'll win the Olympics and hope I, I strike it lucky. I just, I just 
just something about him. I thought he's going to do it. And to be fair, I didn't say Tokyo. I said Paris. I thought he was going to do it in Paris. Um, and the obviously the postponement of, of, of Tokyo by year was, was probably quite crucial in all of that. But hasn't he just had the most unbelievable meteoric rise as an athlete? I ask this question not... Um, because I think it should be proof of my own um, uh, fantastic clairvoyancy. Actually, because Daiki Hashimoto is that good that even I can get something right. <laughs> even I can see Daiki Hashimoto's potential. Um, yeah, so, so, so there we go. Your question. My question to you. Which legendary Japanese gymnast has an Instagram food blog whose title <laughs> indicates that he will eat anything i know you were expecting something like yeah, about the history of the sport oh, the no. glorious golden history and i'm like yeah see this is what which I gymnast meant. is an instagram food blogger this is, this is it this is exactly what i was talking about i'm gone one question in completely destabilized yeah yeah that's brilliant that's really yeah. clever i haven't got a clue i i have gone right in with the triple twisting double layout <laughs> bam um no, I, I don't know at all. Who is it? It is Mr. Triple Twisting Double. It's Kenzo Shirai. It's, it's Kenzo Shirai. It's Kenzo Shirai. Kenzo Eat Anything is the name of I his Instagram. I had no Instagram. idea about this. Okay. I've got literally nothing I can follow up with about that. Okay, t t tell me more. It is. But what does he eat? It is filled with pictures of absolutely delicious looking food and Kenzo enjoying it with his teammates. Do you know this reminds me of a program called Food Fighter, <laughs> which was uh, really popular in Japan when I was living there. I had some friends down in Tokyo. My, my very dear friend, Lindsay, loved this program called Food Fighter. And it was about... No, I don't really know what it was about, but he just ate a lot of food. And he was a famous pop star as well in a group called SMAP, I think. <laughs> so I'd, maybe, maybe Kenzo Shirai is sort of the next food fighter here. I don't know. Well, that's... I'm done completely. One question in, I don't know anything anymore. Okay. <laughs> Second question for you. Bring it. Which university connects Ryohei Kato, Takehiro Kashima, Hiroyuki Tomita, Daiki Hashimoto, and many other Olympic champions? Is it Juntendo? That's high quality stuff. Well done. Oh, thank it you. It is. Where did, now, where did you get Juntendo from there? Um, It comes from years of researching where the top gymnasts come from honestly it's a name that you come across again and again when you're looking at biographies and interviews and things like that yep founded as a medical school in tokyo in 1838 uh juntendo jundai as it's uh, often known massive record of producing top level gymnasts it's not quite as famous as some of the other universities like Meiji in terms of the overall Olympic champions it's produced, but what a record of producing gymnasts. Now, do you want a cool story about Daiki Hashimoto's high school? Absolutely. Do you, do you, know, do you know his high school? That I cannot name, no. Funabashi Municipal High School um, has a track record in producing amazing young athletes, confident, 
prodigious young athletes. Um, it's very famous in Japan for its exploits in football, association football, soccer. And I, I commentate loads of Japanese football, and this is um, uh, one of my favourite stories. In 2003, Funabashi Municipal High School got the third round of the Emperor's Cup, which is the main domestic cup competition in Japan. It's open for high school teams all the way up to the professional teams. And they were drawn against the league champions, the Yokohama F. Marinos, and they drew 2-2, this team of high school students, with the reigning league champions and nearly beat them on a penalty shootout. And the Funabashi Municipal High School hit the crossbar in the last minute of the game. They would have won it 3-2, a high school team. So whenever I see someone who's a, a product of Funabashi Municipal High School, I think, you know, th this is one of the, the most famous um, institutions for, for identifying and, and sending through really young talent. I, it, it's not a coincidence that someone like Daiki Hashimoto, I think, comes from there. That's very interesting. And Daiki Hashimoto, he made the world team in 2019 for the first time when he was still in high school. And that was quite a big story in Japan, wasn't it? Because he was the first Japanese man still in high school to make the world team since Kenzo Shirai. There we go. We've gone full circle. Back to eating stuff on Instagram. <laughs> okay, so um, you're 2-0 you're, you, you're up, but I have got a question in hand. So here we go. Oh, boy. Apart from the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, where the Japanese women's team earned bronze, what is the highest placement the Japanese women have attained at an Olympic Games? Fourth. Very good. And what was the Games? <laughs> it wasn't Rio, was it? Yes, it was. It was Rio. Okay, few. Rio I wondered if that, my mind was playing tricks on me there, you know? I was thought I, I thought... It was Rio, but I wasn't sure. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. and they kind of came... Well, they were the, the team that distinguished themselves, shall we say, and was a bit of a surprise in that team final. And everybody got really excited about the Japanese women's team as a result of that. So, third question for you. Who won seven... Out of the first nine All Japan men's all-around championships. Oh, that's really hard. I'm going to hazard a guess. It's kind of a shot in the dark. And the guess is Takashi Ono. It's a great guess, mm. but it's not the right answer. It is Masao Takemoto. Ah, okay. Who won a whole host of other things as well, including <laughs> seven um, Olympic medals. Yeah, so Masao Takemoto, seven of the first nine. So I've got a chance to draw things level now. That's right. And I've got a question that you're going to like a lot. It combines two of your favourite things, Japan and the Commonwealth Games. The last time you said to me, a question I'm really going to like, it was that Cook Islands catastrophe for the Oceania Championships, and I barely recovered from that. And you love geography. <laughs> no! It was a question that was made for you. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Ask me the question I'm going to love that I'll get wrong. <laughs> Which great Japanese star of the 21st century competed at World Championships, the Olympics, and the Commonwealth Games? It's uh, Naoya Tsukahara. 
Excellent. Um, and I can't remember which Commonwealth Games it was. Uh, Glasgow? 2014. Yeah. Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, actually, yeah, that you, you're quite right. I do. I love the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> um, and that is, has always been in my mind. It's a, it's a story, isn't it? Do you want yeah. to go into it a bit? It's a wonderful story. Um, and it... it it starts really in the late 1990s with the Japanese men's team, the storied, golden, historic Japanese men's team, having a bit of a dip in their results, to be honest. At the 1996 Olympics, for the first time in decades, the Japanese men won no medals. In fact, I want to hazard a guess and say it was the first time since London 1948 the Japanese men won no medals in artistic gymnastics at the games. Um, And you had, coming on the scene the next year, in 1997, Naoya Sukahara, the son of the legendary Mitsuo Sukahara, inventor of the Sukahara vault, uh, the first man to do a full-twisting double back dismount off of the high bar. And, And this was the next generation of Sukahara greatness, and he was terrific. He took the Japanese team and he led them back to world prominence, and that the culmination of that was the 2004 Olympics in Athens when the Japanese team won gold for the first time since 1976. And so uh, it, was, it was just, it was spectacular. But Sukahara, in 2004, he was already 27 years old. At that time, that was considered a bit aged, in gymnastics. Yeah, absolutely. And and he he stopped being part of maybe the top group of Japanese men after that Olympic Games. But he didn't go away. He moved to Australia in 2009. And just out of the sheer love of the sport that he had, he kept competing. He was a guest at the Australian National Championships for several years and would have won had he actually had the passport to do so and the citizenship. And uh, he did get citizenship in Australia eventually, um, but too late to represent at the 2012 Olympics, or he might have done that. But he he finished his career competing for Australia. He did the 2013 and the 2014 Worlds and the 2014 Commonwealth Games. So we are two all after three questions each. We now move on to question number four. Blythe, which married couple won Olympic medals for Japan in 1964? We are back to the Onos, aren't we, actually? Takashi and Kiyoko? Well, you answered with that name before, but you've gone from Ono to Oh Yes this time (laughs) because you are correct. Yes, absolutely. Do you want to elaborate on that? You've got the point, so you're fine. It's just one of the great stories. And not only were they competing together and traveling the world, uh, they had they had a few children during the time when they were both on the national team. Yes, they were parents of two when uh, when they won those medals in 1964. Incredible, yeah. Takashi and uh, Kyoko Ono. Yes, and Takashi Ono is now, I think, 90? And Kyoko sadly passed away earlier this year, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it, I think it might have been last year. It might have been very, last year. Very, very recently, very yes. sadly. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, remarkable couple. Remarkable couple. Continuing along historic lines, which Japanese star 
of the 50s and 60s won world medals 12 years apart. I should say, which female Japanese star won world medals oh. 12 years apart? Oh. Keiko Tanaka? Exactly. Remarkable gymnast. So I, I know that she was the world champion in... 50-something, wasn't she, in Paris, Rome, somewhere somewhere in one of the the, the very early world championships. Because I remember talking about that in Kitakyushu, because you had um, Urara Ashikawa winning the balance beam title. Um, so that's why I went for her. But I, I, more than that, I'm not so sure. Yes. Gold on the balance beam in 1954. So... This is all very interesting because we are three apiece with one question left. And Blythe, you're going first. At which event did Kohei Uchimura win his first multi-sport games individual gold medal? I sense a trap. Now, what makes you think that? Hmm. <laughs> the last question with us tied up three all. Why ever should you ask a tricky trap-like question? So at which event was Kohei Uchimura's first multi-sport games individual gold medal? All around gold? Uh, no, just, just okay. individual gold medal. Okay. I'm going to make a guess. My guess is that it came at an Asian Games. No. Oh. The World University Games in Bangkok in 2007. As well as team gold, he won floor gold. What a fabulous question. So there we go. Goodness. There we go. Right. Now, this has put me in... Pressure territory, hasn't it? Because I've actually, for the first time ever, got the opportunity to win the quiz. <sighs> okay. <laughs> How are you feeling? Dreadful. Just <laughs> dreadful. Just dre I would have been happy if you'd got that right. I think I could have handled the pressure and the inevitability of losing much better than the possibility of winning. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Well, now we are going to see what you are made of. Okay. Moment of truth. Think carefully. <laughs> That's already a bad start. <laughs> Your question is as follows. The All Japan Intercollegiate Championships of which form of gymnastics have been held since 1949? Men's rhythmic gymnastics. And we have a winner. No. And it is you, Ollie Hogben. Well, I, I've got so many people to thank. I don't know where to start. <laughs> wow. So it is men's rhythmic gymnastics. Men's rhythmic gymnastics. Now, that know, is the answer. Yeah, Japan's got a real history in it, hasn't it? It's enormously popular. In Japan. And it's one of the few nations, although there are a few others, that has 
a, a dedicated tradition where men compete in rhythmic gymnastics. Now, it doesn't look exactly like women's rhythmic gymnastics. The handheld apparatuses are slightly different, but it has, oh, everything that you could want in a gymnastic spectacle, including extraordinary tumbling, extraordinary movement, grace, agility, precision, synchronicity. I, I could go on and on. And regrettably, <laughs> we cannot go on and on because that has brought us to the end of the Japan edition of the Great Gymnastics Quiz. We are now completely tied, one victory each with one draw. So the only way, listener, to find out who's going to ultimately prevail is just to keep listening to the Great Gymnastics Quiz. And if you want to get in touch with us, there are lots of ways to do it. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at... I am at Rocker Gymnastics, gymnastics spelled with an I-X instead of I-C-S at the end. And I am Ollie Hogben with a Y. You can also follow us at GymQuizPod on Twitter and we're on Instagram as well. We're basically everywhere. We're unavoidable. We're not going anywhere. That's why you have to keep listening to the Great Gymnastics Quiz and we're going to be back soon for more competition quizzes. We'll see you then. <laughs>